it was a big task to take on. I knew it would be the whole school. I knew that maybe they wouldn't even participate. Maybe they would think it was, you know, it's music class and they're <laughs> elementary kids and maybe they wouldn't think anything of it. And also, every time I wrote a song, I never really knew where it came from. You know, I, I kind of always had this feeling like it came through me rather than from me. Like it was, and sometimes a song doesn't come out. <laughs> so, like you can't force the muse to cooperate. Exactly. Sometimes <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Sometimes there's a lot of blank pages. From NCPR, welcome to Northwards. People, ideas, and conversations from and about northern New York, Vermont, and beyond. I'm Mitch Tyke. Support for the Northwards podcast comes from Joe Steininger and Mary McDonald in support of the Adirondack Foundation, building stronger Adirondack communities. It is August, and I am about to sneak away for a long weekend, but before I head down Interstate 81, I wanted to revisit one of the earlier episodes of Northwards that we dropped when this show launched back before we put the shovels away for the year. While folks are still getting sick from COVID, the time when our lives were turned upside down is mostly in our rearview mirrors. When I think about that era, I think about the eerie quiet of our neighborhood in those early lockdown days, directional arrows in the grocery stores when we could venture out, the sound of ambulances arriving at the hospital down the street. And, you know, if the lockdown was still going on, I would be recording this show in the walk-in closet of my bedroom. For hundreds of kids who were in elementary school in Ogdensburg, their memories include the really special story of writing a song with their music teacher, a woman who, in fact, was pressed into service as a teacher when the pandemic hit. Her name is Carrie Woodcock, and she came by the studio this spring and led us through the unlikely story that led to her turn as a music teacher. So in my mid-30s, I kind of uprooted my life and had a career change. I started my own business, um, and I started to embrace writing. I started to embrace being a musician, and it took me the better part of 10 years before I started to feel like I was gaining some traction. And then 2020 hit, March hit, and everything, the world shut down. And there were no more book signings, and there were no more performances, and there were no more lessons with kids. I did guitar and piano lessons. um, And there was no health coaching. There was no fitness classes. So basically everything that I had worked so hard, tooth and nail, fighting tooth and nail to make happen, had been wiped out. Right. All all of these things that you had worked so hard to do were largely in-person things that that got taken away. Not even just largely, all of them, every single one of them. So I went, I was definitely going through an internal struggle of, is what I'm doing even important? So it was in late August of 2020, I got a call from the superintendent at, at the local school district at Ogdensburg, and they said would you be our elementary music teacher? And I said, what do you mean? Can, do you, can I be the music teacher? Like, you can't just be a music teacher. I am a self-taught musician. I went to school for psychology, and I've never taken one education class. <laughs> and he said that they had lost their certified music teacher. They had tried to find one. They couldn't find one in the area. And they asked if I would, if the Board of Education could appoint me as a long-term substitute. So... They did all this before they talked to you. Well, they had to. They had had me in mind. They called me up, and he, I told him that I would do it, and he said I have to post the position one more time to make sure. So he went ahead and did that, and then 
And then I started on the following Tuesday, <laughs> five days later. <laughs> what, what did you say when he called you and asked if you would do this? First of all, I was just surprised. I was like, you can't just be a teacher. I have no idea anything about what a curriculum is. For pre- It was pre-K through uh, sixth grade, and I also did all the BOCES classes. So I had no idea what they were even learning at that point. And, and um, you know, you, I knew that you couldn't sing. You couldn't play instruments. They couldn't, the students couldn't even come to my classroom at the beginning. I had to pile everything on a cart and go around to their classroom. So this was, it was in person anyway. It was in person. Okay. It was like hybrid. So right. we did half and half. I had the students about, they did a rotational there. And then the way the schedule worked, because it was all a rotational, sometimes I didn't see kids for four weeks at a time. Because that was just the way that the specials, the schedule fell for them. So it did become challenging in that respect. Some of the kids I took took a long time to get to know. So you you couldn't sing? You couldn't play instruments of any kind? Not for the first few months. And then... Because I guess people would be sharing things like drumsticks yep. or, or shakers or whatever. After a few months, I was able to bring instruments, but I had to go through a cleansing process, and then they had to sit for four days before you could use them again. So basically, my risers in my classroom were covered in instruments all the time, and I would rotate the instruments as I cleaned them and then bring them to the next class. So you're kind of making, I mean, following instructions, but making that up as you go along. So yes. what did you arrive at? at least initially, for what you were going to do with these kids? Honestly, initially, I had a lot of moments of panic in the middle of the night, (laughs) thinking, (laughs) oh, my God, do I have enough material for these kids? Because it's really easy to lose control of 30 kids if you don't have something to keep their attention. (laughs) But initially, we just kind of plugged away at that. We did some song analysis. I played some songs, and we went through, like, what song structure was, the meaning behind the song, maybe a little bit of history of why people wrote the songs, like trying to connect, I guess, to the emotional aspect of it. And that went on for, I mean, how long? The first three months were like that, and then we went for Christmas break. And I had dinner with one of my friends um, over Christmas break, and she said... Carrie, why are you not doing what you do best with these kids? And honestly, it had crossed my mind. I thought about writing a song with them, but it was a big task to take on. I knew it would be the whole school. I knew that maybe they wouldn't even participate. Maybe they would think it was, you know, it's music (laughs) class and they're (laughs) elementary kids and maybe they wouldn't think anything of it. And also, every time I wrote a song, I never really knew where it came from. You know, I, I kind of always had this feeling like it came through me rather than from me. Like it was, and sometimes a song doesn't come out. <laughs> so, like you can't force the muse to cooperate. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes it just doesn't happen. Sometimes there's a lot of blank pages. So I just never know with that. And so, and usually when I'm done, I'm like, I don't know where that came from or how it happened or how I ever pulled it together. But you decided to give it a shot. I did. I decided that she gave me the little push I needed, and I decided to dive in when we got back from break. So when we got back, we started initially, like, the next month, every single one of my classes, we brainstormed. And I started asking them about what they were going through. And I started their, – their initial first response was funny. They said, uh, well, we can't write a song. I was like, well, why can't we write a song? I was like, we can write a song. And they was they were like, well, we can't put a song out because of copyright issues. And I said, yeah, but copyright protects the artist. And I know you watch a lot of videos on YouTube and everything else, but this time you're the artist. So we're going to learn about The kids copy- are worried about copyright. I know. They're huh. worried about copyright infringement because they didn't think they could do it. <laughs> 
I was like, oh, you can when you're the artist. So, so anyway, they really started to open up. It was surprising how quick they did. And they started talking about all the different things that they were experiencing and how much they missed. Birthday parties was a big one. How much they missed sports. And, and uh, they also started sharing some other things about how grateful they were for their families. And, you know, there were some kids that their parents were essential workers, healthcare workers, and they had a hard time because their mom was gone all the time. So there was a lot of ups and downs. There were good things and bad things. They talked about online learning. They talked about the good thing about being able to sleep in or go to class in your pajamas (laughs) or the bad part about it and that it was once you got lost that was really hard for them to figure out what was going on and they didn't have the as much as much for resources as they normally were used to you went to school uh for psychology it sounds like (laughs) uh, a little of that was coming through in the songwriting process you know we did a lot of a lot of discussions about that and there's one part in the song where we specifically talk about overcoming obstacles and how challenges make us stronger. perseverance and we talked about the ability to adapt and and it, they shared some really amazing things for little kids. I was moved by it. I really was. And this was going on at every grade level. Every grade level, right down to little ones. You know, I mean, you word it a little bit differently, but you can still talk about that stuff with them. And I think that, you know, maybe one of my biggest purposes for being there was maybe because of those conversations. So you're so you're writing the song, and it sounds like largely what you were doing with the kids was working on the lyrics. Yes. Yeah, so with them, I took all of the ideas, um, and we then took those ideas and we put them into a theme. And I told the, you know we talked about song structure again, and what the verses of a song accomplish, and what the chorus and the main idea of a song is. And then we talked about what a bridge does, and and then we decided what story we wanted to tell. And we worked through the progression of, of that story. And you're writing the music at this point? Or? I did. So after I took all of their ideas, and we had like a concept, almost like an essay form for the song, and then I took their ideas and then um, went a little bit further and put it, set it to some music. Actually, I remember when the lyrics first started coming because that's the most challenging part. It's just getting started, right? And that's the part that I'm always the most scared of. So I have all these ideas that the kids have and how am I going to transform them into a song that, that they're going to like. And, uh, and I remember the words that first came through. And it was just driving one day and I pulled over and I put it in the notes of my phone so that I didn't forget it. <laughs> so the whole process took the second semester? 
Yeah, it really took the rest of that school year because we, so we, I brought the music back in. We started um, learning it. And then we couldn't sing in group settings, so I brought in all my audio recording equipment and I captured them individually and then merged all their voices together. I probably had about 250 students that actually participated because I didn't make anybody participate. 250 students participated in this. Yeah, it was amazing, actually. And the other music teachers were like, how are you getting them to engage? And I said, well... I'm giving them a voice. This is, they're taking ownership of this. Like, this is their story, and they love it. You know, they love it. They, I could hear it, like, ringing through the halls, and they would sing it all the time. I still have kids come up to me now. I was, I was going to ask that question. So, but, but before we get to that, when was the song done, and, and how did it make its debut? So we were, uh, it was about... April, May, somewhere in there when we finished it. So I had recorded them all singing individually. I also videoed them. And so we, I showed them, taught them audio engineering, and then taught some, them some video engineering. And I even had one kid, a sixth grader, that did a drum track from home and sent that in. And then I put his drum track to the audio track. That <laughs> I sent the audio to him. He put out his headphones, played the drum, and then sent it back to me. This is how, cool. how so many bands around the, yeah. around the world were, were working in oh that time. Gosh. Definitely. So, um, so we put together a video. We actually submitted it to a songwriting competition in Nashville. And we didn't win the songwriting competition, but they learned a lot more. <laughs> and was this the end of your teaching career? Um, I, so we finished off that year, and uh, they still hadn't found another music teacher. I went in the following fall. And things had started to get back to normal. They were not doing the rotate, rotating classes anymore, so we were at full, full capacity. And, uh, and, you know, there were a lot of new struggles coming back into school. And I think there were a lot of people that were used to the online learning, a lot of kids that had never been in school, right? Some of them were, had been in online for two years, and they, had, they were little. They just had no idea. So it was definitely struggle a struggle to get back up and going especially for me because I didn't have the as things started to resume to normal I didn't really know what normal was like I didn't have I didn't know the curriculum I didn't really know what they were supposed to be learning and I just didn't have the background to really be doing that you know I'm a great outside the box thinker I'm I'm a problem solver and I can (laughs) usually figure things out and I like being creative but when it came to a real structured classroom, I have to tell you that, that that few months that I did in the fall was a struggle for me. When there was double the kids and they were all struggling too with maybe not enough, you know, one-on-one aids in some classrooms. And it was, it was rough. And I, uh, I loved every minute of it. But there were a lot of challenging moments in that fall when I thought, I don't think I have the resources to really do the job. I don't know that I have what the kids really need now. And still having, we're still wearing masks. You had a ton of quarantines. They had to be, you know, and you're also, I'm also in a classroom that has risers where they have an X 
that they have to sit on. And, you know, to have 35-year-olds stay on an X for 40 minutes is next to impossible. <laughs> like, that alone could take up your whole classroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an easy task. <laughs> so, so in the end, you basically, you taught for a year and a half. A year and a half, yeah. And in the end, you know, I feel like that song that we did really helped unite all of the kids at a time when everything was uncertain and it was something that nobody really knew how to deal with. You know, we were all getting through it the best that we could. But I think that that song really, really helped them express what they were, what they were going through and it allowed them to learn what artistic expression really was and how it could benefit. And not only like unite them, but they could get out their own feelings. There was just a lot of different things that they benefited as a result of that. Well, and you think about it, and and we all kind of file away the memories uh, from that time. Mm -hmm. And so for some 250 kids who grew up in Ogdensburg 15 or 20 years from now, this may well be one of the memories that that carries with them about when they're telling their own kids about (laughs) the pandemic. It's true. It's true. And, you know, I went into that job completely uncertain about the path that my life had taken and one that I felt I was really following my true calling and my passion. And and I questioned it and I thought, man, it was so hard to get it up and going and I just don't know if I've lost momentum and if I have the, enough energy to do it again. And I came very close to closing my business and and just thrown in the towel. But I think that what that song did for me was something even greater because it reaffirmed my belief in how how important artistic expression is and why I do what I do and why I'd been fighting for so long to follow that path and to give them a voice and to find my own voice. It was, uh, it was something that I was questioning and it was them that really truly got me through and made me realize that I didn't want to quit and instead I wanted to move forward with more conviction because we weren't incidental. Music is important and it connects us all and sometimes even if we're not an essential worker there are reasons for that. Did the school district say thanks at the end of all of this? They did. They did. And they actually uh, found another certified music teacher. And she worked with me from October through December. I stayed through their Christmas concert because that year they got to do the Christmas concert. And it went really, really beautifully. And I was able to play the guitar while she played the piano. So they had a little bit more instrumental um, accompaniment when for their for their concert. It went really beautifully. Carrie Woodcock, thank you so much for sharing this story with us. It's, uh, it, it's you know, I think a story that people probably haven't heard, and, and so I'm, <laughs> glad, uh, I'm glad you would share it with all of us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's definitely a story that is super special to me. Carrie Woodcock is a writer, mom, musician, health coach, and for 18 months during the pandemic was an elementary school music teacher in Ogdensburg. She and 250 students wrote and performed a moving original song called Get Through. If you can get through the credits, you will hear it in just a few minutes here on Northwards. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Northwards. I'm Mitch Tyke. I hope you enjoyed our interview, and you can catch new content every Friday right here or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more about Northwards and NCPR on our mobile app or at our website, ncpr.org. And while you're there, make a donation to support everything you hear on North Country Public Radio. Northwards is an NCPR podcast production. The show is written, edited, and produced by Mitch Tyke with digital production supervision by me, Ethan Shanty. Caitlin Kelly handles our social media, Bill Hanel is our digital director, and Doyle Dean is our production manager. Music is by the Wickmore Jazz Trio of Plattsburgh. To support this show and find more podcasts, visit ncpr.org. This is NCPR, North Country Public Radio. Now listen to Get Through by Carrie Woodcock and her students. This is NCPR. Be a new day, we'll find a new way, and it won't be long.